Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad, where you'll learn the tools you need to use your podcast to be a go-to expert in your field, expand your audience, and get more clients. I'm your host, Kelly. Enjoy the show. I'm so excited to chat with my guest today, Sean Boyle, about content marketing and what some best practices are for your podcast. Sean is a serial entrepreneur, digital content creator, and avid mixed martial artist. He currently co-owns a seven-figure digital marketing agency called Momentum Digital. Sean is also the host of the Sean Boyle podcast, which focuses on ultimate human optimization. Welcome, Sean. I'm so happy to have you here today. Kelly, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. So tell us a little about your podcast, the Sean Boyle podcast, and uh, you know what it's about and why did you start it? So like a lot of uh, young entrepreneurial men uh, like myself, I was listening to Joe Rogan one day in college, and I think I was a sophomore at Penn State. And I really said to myself in bed one night, I was like, why can't I do something like this? I think that I offer a very unique perspective to the world. I think I'm very open-minded, or at least I think I like to think that. And I really went with it. I um, obviously selfishly entitled it the Sean Boyle podcast, but um, in all seriousness, I, I wanted to create a lot of understanding between a lot of uh, different niches and just really pick one that um, fueled me. And I ended up finding that uh, very ironically that the Joe Rogan style really fascinated me where he has all these different guests on from all walks of life. And um, I'm very opinionated. I think uh, a lot of my other guests specialize in one certain thing. And for me to bring them on and to kind of you know, have them illustrate what they want to do uh, with the world and, and their you know, uh, book of business and stuff like that. I, I think it was a very uh, interesting thing to have all of them on and express their ideas. Very cool. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love about in interviewing guests is having the different perspectives and different opinions that go well beyond mine. I love sharing that with my listeners. Yeah, and it's something too where like it's so easy nowadays because you can hit up someone on LinkedIn or Instagram you know, all you have to do is like do a certain hashtag search or Google search and you can find that person and not only find an answer, but you can find the person who knows that answer and can go into great detail that you wouldn't even imagine. And it's nice too, because there's so many gurus right on, on YouTube and all these social media platforms. So to get someone who is, you know, no BS knows this for a fact you know, the earth isn't flat kind of thing, you know, and just like, no, <laughs> you know, to a certain extent, like what that answer is, is so powerful. And I think that's just one of the pros of living in the day and age that we do. Absolutely. And so I've had listeners and, and students and clients ask, you know, but how do you get like big name guests? Have you found that an, an issue? So for me, when... I would say the the one of the first uh, big guests that I had on, his name was Onion Topic, and he is from Jersey. He's a Muay Thai champion, so doing like martial arts and stuff like that. And I didn't know Onion from a hole in the wall. I was introduced to him through my, uh, I guess you want to call him sensei or coach or whatever you want to call him, uh, uh, Phil McLaurice, who owns Balance Studios. And him and Onion have been friends for a long time. Phil knew I did the podcast and they really just made an intro. And I think, you know, I, I like to think in today's day and age, we're only one person away, one connection away from that big name. You know, I think, you know, 
Alex Ramosi, who I'm a big fan of, he talks about this where you're, you know, I, I think there's a certain threshold of people who are metaphorically speaking, who are above you, people who are below you professionally, all this kind of stuff. And you, you can reach out to those people. You can't reach out to the Joe Rogans of the world because they're getting bombarded every single day. But slowly but surely, you reach out to people who are better uh, and bigger in your network, and you're only going to get more connections like that. And I think doing that on a consistent level, like for me, just to break it down quite literally, every single Sunday, I would set out, okay, what guest niche do I want to focus on this week? And then I kind of reverse engineer, who do I know in that space in my immediate network? And then start to ask around what other like creative names and people in Philadelphia, where I'm from, and kind of like uh, the tri-state area, do you know of, and kind of get that ball rolling. And believe it or not, people are, are very accommodating and everyone really loves uh, voice and, and to talk. So it wasn't that hard, honestly, to get you know people like Onion on and you know express their thoughts. That is a great point. And what you said about having people make connections for you, people tend to be so generous about that. You know, they want to help out. And especially like when you have a podcast, you know, when you have that platform, even if it's a new one, you know, I've had that same experience. Like someone reach out, reached out to me on LinkedIn. I was on his show. He came on my show. He made a connection for me that led to other connections and it just snowballs from there. And it's, it's awesome. And especially in the podcasting industry, people are so generous and, you know, willing to help you make other connections. And it's just awesome. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you've had that same experience as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Yeah. So we are talking about content marketing today, and I feel like there's actually some confusion about what that means. So would you mind defining it? At, you know, so what content marketing means to you? Right. Yeah. So in, in the most basic definition, it's taking raw material, whether it be from a computer or an iPhone like this, uh, and talking about a certain topic around your niche. So for instance, like for my company, Momentum 360, where I've primarily focused a good bit of my time on it, we do virtual tours and promo videos, we actually do content marketing for other businesses. And I, a lot of people like to try to reinvent the wheel and stuff like this in, in terms of like what it is. But um, at the most basic form, it's really just taking raw materials, videos and photos of anything in your niche and posting it on social media. And that's that's really what it is. Awesome. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. So do blogs and podcasts and long form videos count in there? Or is it taking content from those to share on social media? Yeah. And this is something we can get into is it's blogs, videos, podcasts. And it, it can't be, it, it isn't just doing like a virtual tour or a promo video or, or action shots for a specific business short form, long form, they all form, uh, fall under that content umbrella of, of content marketing. So all that stuff definitely counts. Okay, great. So what are like the top three mistakes you see people making in content marketing? So for like small business owners and people who run their own podcast, I think the, the three biggest issues, and I'll start with the first one, is just really being inconsistent, right? Because I think a lot of people they kind of overestimate, <clears throat> excuse me, what they can do in a day, but they underestimate what they can do in a year. And mm -hmm. I think having that perspective to say, okay, 
I need to work as fast as humanly possible. But in the long uh, frame of things in a year, I can accomplish X. And I think if you set out something that's a challenge, but also realistic, going in that flow space where you're not too bored, but you're also not too stressed out, where you're enjoying it, you're enjoying that challenge. That's something where you can be more consistent. You can be more disciplined because, and I made this mistake myself where I would set out to do, you know, some unrealistic goal and, you know, the motivation just is not there. The discipline isn't there when you, you know, are like, oh, I have to do all this in such a short amount of time where it's like, if you check the box every day, you know, you're making those 1% increases and in, in, uh, growth. And it's just so much more powerful that way. Mm-hmm. Let's second, break. But, I, I'm sorry. Can we uh, break that down for a minute then? And maybe, sure. yeah, because I have some questions about that. So what would be like a realistic year long goal? So it all depends on what you're looking to do. I mean, for content marketing specifically, right? And let's say maybe like with your podcast, would that be fair? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So for, for your podcast, let's just say like there's what, 52 weeks in a year, right? If you're looking to do 52 episodes in a Mm -hmm. year, let's just call it 50 episodes in a year, right? You know that you need to produce one episode a week. You know that, but reverse engineering it to where, like I talked about earlier, you do that research on a specific day and this is like your research day. And then you have one day maybe where you do like a pre-interview with the guest that goes through like the questions, kind of like how you did with, with me, which is very smart. And I like that. Um, so kind of like to set expectations and grounding of like, this is how the show goes. Because um, I'm sure you get hit up a lot where it's like, oh yeah, I love the show, but you've never actually watched a single episode. And it's like, just to get that clout. Um yeah. And it's annoying, but to really understand, oh, like this might not be the best guest, you know, so you kind of have to have good emotional IQ to make, uh, make the determination. And then maybe the next day is, okay, once you've done that pre-interview, here's some unique things I would want to ask. Is this okay? Okay, great. And then the next day is recording it, have a wonderful interview, and then you go into post-production. And then my favorite part of um, creating a podcast isn't just shooting it, but it's also distributing. Uh, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think we can talk about that. That's also something that people don't do well at all um, or as well as they, they could, honestly. Yeah. but yeah. Um, that's, that's really in terms of Kelly, like breaking it down. I think that, like I just said, setting those, you know, setting a day to really say, okay, for the podcast, if I want to hit this goal um, and that could be not enough for some people that could be way too much for me. That's what I was trying to hit. Honestly, is one episode a week. And that's the process that I would go through each and every week to make that you know goal um, a possibility. And we yeah. were able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I absolutely recommend one episode a week for sure. You know, my students and clients, it's like, you've got to put out an episode a week. It needs to come out on the same day every week. You know, all that is, you know, ideally, but, you know, really stick to that. And I do recommend, you know, batching. So um, I like what you're saying about on this day, you're going to do this. On this day, you're going to do that. And if they can do more than episode, more than one episode uh, per week, you know, and then get ahead of the game, that's really great. But I do like what you're saying about if you have this consistency week by week, then it just becomes part of your routine. And you're used to doing it, you know, like you're developing a habit. So exactly. And the nice thing about habits is once we'll talk about like actions first before habits, 
once you've established a habit, then it's so much easier not only to do that, but you can start to scale up and you can start to delegate certain things as the show gets more successful and you start bringing in revenue. And then you can allocate the profit not only for yourself, but for just building the show. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people nowadays, you know, they, they want to hit that certain revenue threshold without reinvesting back into the show. It's like, well, you need to do this to get a better show because mm-hmm. your show is is your lifeline, you know? And if, if the show is, you know, stagnant and not growing, you know, your viewers are going to become stagnant. They're not going to mm-hmm. continue to listen to you. That's why, you know, the greats like Joe Rogan and um, uh, uh, Lex uh, Friedman, I was listening to his uh, interview with Kanye West, of all people, um, with, with everything that's going on. I thought the fact that Kanye West, right, and Lex Friedman, being a, a Jewish man who's had um, unprecedented things happen to him and the Holocaust and 3A to, you know, sit down with what he was saying on Twitter, I thought it was just unbelievable to have a conversation like that um lex is is i i think all, right now the, the king of podcasting just because mm-hmm. he, he breaks everything down to a very simple measure and not only does he attract good guests but he's very timely with it and mm-hmm. obviously you know right from from what yay was you know from yeah. when the tweet was put out to when he hopped on the show i, I think wow. just, you can't beat that timing that's amazing yeah. all right so second mistake the, the second mistake, I think, um, the one obviously talking about inconsistency. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is <clears throat> really not, uh, I would say, focusing on one niche. And I kind of just contradicted myself because I was kind of like, you know, all over the place. But I was still learning that. I was still kind of figuring out, okay, what's my niche going to be? And it really transitioned into entrepreneurship. But I think a lot of people, they kind of have to start out doing a lot of different interviews with a lot of people to understand not only what uh, produces the best content, but what also, you know, ignites their, their passion and fire. And I think um, once you've found that out, you need to go into that and only find people in that specific niche. You know, you want to be a master of one rather than a jack of all trades. And I think mm-hmm. like for me, a mistake I made earlier was not deciding that niche fast enough because like i said earlier in the show i was trying to do all these different things and granted it was decent content i think i could have done much better with finding you know a one niche like i do now honing in on that growing that expanding that and being known as that guy who talks about x rather than uh, this guy who has a average decent show who talks about everything you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Absolutely. Totally agree. And yeah, I recommend that. uh, That is one of the first steps that I take my students and clients through is defining their niche and make it as tight as possible. And honestly, so my other podcast, the Marketing Chat Podcast, um, I sort of like let the niche go. Like I started out with a tighter niche. And then when I started interviewing people, it got too diffuse and I still have that podcast. And now it is really interview based. And I started this podcast because in business, my niche has changed to doing podcast coaching and teaching. So this inter- uh, not interview, this podcast totally supports my business as it is now. And this is very tightly niched. So sometimes our podcasts start out as like beta testing, but like you said, it really is ideal if we can go in with a tight, well-defined niche. Yeah. And I think a lot of people also, you know, I I would say a good majority of entrepreneurs who 
have a podcast, like that's not their end all be all, you know? Right. So I think they also have a business on the side. And like you said, you also need to parlay the podcast and relate it to the business in some sort of capacity. Like for instance, with like my company Momentum, we're in the process of launching a show where it's going to be based around content marketing and mm-hmm. how a lot of like small business owners, they don't value the promo video and like the action shots and stills like as much as they should, especially in, in today's uh, day and age. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So for your company, you wouldn't start a random podcast, you know, for fun or on movies and TV shows like I do for fun with some buddies, you know, that I've been doing for over 10 years now. That one is not to support my business. You know, that one is like a hobby. Um, when you start one for your business, it has to be within your niche and it has to be geared toward your ideal client, like you were saying. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And then the third thing is really not staying up to date with industry standards and best practices. I think the game's always going to continue to change. And I think the the second that you have some success and you harp on that success and you, you don't get back, you, you don't get grounded to where you were before when you had that, when you didn't have that success, I think that starts the end of the show, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not grounding yourself, um, after having that success back to where you were, you're not, you're not being open. You think, you know, everything you're, you're being complacent and you're not learning. You're not growing, honestly. And I think that, you know, I, I tell that I, I can't relate this more than uh, my sales team because I had, um, I, this, this is the thing I was making content about this actually a couple hours ago before the show is that the hardest thing to do as, as entrepreneurs and people who own podcasts and stuff like that. Um, is to grow a sales team. People who are doing outbound, it's so hard to find people who are, are good, let alone great, and then train them. And there's a whole process and all that kind of stuff. And I tell my people on Friday, I'm like, listen, let's just say you closed a huge deal, like, you know, harp on that. Like, you know, go out, pop some bottles, whatever you want to do, go out and, and enjoy it. But come Monday morning, you need to be a hungry, wild dog, you know, just how you were throughout the entire week. And I think that's really important because you're not diminishing the accomplishment. You're harnessing it. You're being present for what it is in the moment. But you're also saying, you know what? We have a lot of bigger fish to fry. And it's, um, you know, in relation to podcasting, I think hitting up on YouTube and Google and reading and uh, writing and understanding like what's changing in the industry because the acceleration of technology is only continuing. Yes. So it's just, it's, I mean, there's so much knowledge out there. There's so much information. So um, I think that's something that's very, Um, underestimated as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You really do have to stay on top of things. It has, podcasting has changed so much in the 10 years that I've been doing it. And yeah, it, it is, it's almost like a whole other job. You know, I don't want to scare people off, but you really do have to stay on top of those changes. And, you know, there are emails you can subscribe to industry emails and just at, at a minimum glance through those and see what they're talking about, you know, and it's not that you have to go jump on every bandwagon, but at least see what's out there and see what you need to be checking out. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so are there some tools that you can recommend to make content marketing easier? What I like to do is there's a lot of solid sites that I've been on and I, I've tried to like consolidate 
what's the best couple of softwares slash tools? Like if someone who I'm talking about, like if they're listening to this and they are not even, they don't even have a podcast yet, they're trying to start it up and people who do have a podcast and looking to scale. The two things that I would mention are Anchor, which you can, that, that's like the most basic form of like, you can literally create a show, slap a logo on it. And then you're distributed to Spotify, Apple, all these wonderful um, distribution platforms. And then you can report it on there and also earn ad revenue. You can also get ads on there as well. And then on the other side of things is uh, Matchmaker, Mm -hmm. where I believe that's actually where we got connected. And you can find guests for the show. You can be on uh, other shows as a guest. And there's um, a really great blog. And I think it's super, super, super undervalued, uh, their blog, because this is what they do. And they take from all the greats and they take from people who are in a wide array of niches and they really break it down to like the most basic thing is like, listen, like if you're looking to start up a podcast, this is what you're looking to do. If you're looking to scale, this is what you need to do. And it's awesome because they have like almost like a Reddit like forum that I hear that they're trying to build where there's only going to be more podcast hosts and entrepreneurs who know about um, podcasting hop into this and give their perspective. And I think it's just so valuable because you can read and read and read and read and, and experiment for yourself, but having somewhat of a mentor on the forum asking a question and you have answers within a couple of hours of what they would do and they're more successful than you, you know, now you have the cool, uh, the tools uh, you know, in the keys of the kingdom. So you don't have any excuses. You really have the information and you just need to execute at the end of the day. So Anchor.fm and uh, and Matchmaker, I think, uh, are, are two really, really solid tools and underrated tools at that. Absolutely. And Anchor is, they have a free plan, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah. And Matchmaker has a free plan as well. Yeah, you can go pro on it, but they have a free plan for finding guests for your show, or like you said, for being a guest on other people's show shows, which is really essential as well for promoting your podcast to be on exactly. other people's shows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like you're doing right now. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Literally I do. how I got yeah. started and what we're doing now. Yeah. No, awesome. Totally. So as a fellow podcaster, what have you found to be one of the most uh, practical benefits of podcasting? You probably get this answer a lot, Kelly, but it's just the people you meet. It's the networking. And it's not only, well, let me change this. It's not just the people and that you meet. It's the skills and the experience that comes with getting to know these people. Um, and I'll tell you a couple examples. Like when I was growing momentum in the podcast um, simultaneously, I was like, well, I want to learn about, and this is just like a side tangent, uh, real estate investing, right? And I had at this point, you know, interviewed a couple people and they were like, well, you know, if you're looking to invest in the Philly area, there's only one person I would recommend. And I was like, well, who's this? And they're like, well, he's a realtor, he's an investor. And it actually led me to the realtor that I use right now. His name is Greg. And it just goes to show you, again, like we were just harping on, I took action of getting to know Greg, of getting to understand who he was. And I wouldn't have done this without first talking with my network. I think, you know, so many people, they they don't see what's in front of them. They just see like an interview. 
They just see, oh, I'm getting my face out there, but it's a two-way street as well. It's like, well, what can I do for you mm-hmm. to help distribute the show? Not only for me, but for the show, for your show as well. And I think it's really important because the deeper you can make that connection, the better. And a lot of people, and I, I made this mistake myself, where it's like, oh, cool, interview, boom, and that's it. Like you don't really tap into that person of like what their network is, not only for yourself, but like, you know, what can you do for them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that uh I, I would do. Um, cause I, I did have a lot of entrepreneurs on my show to tell another story is some of them were building sales teams, but they were really good at it. So I was like, well, let me take a look at your script and I won't charge you for anything. Really. Let me see what you're doing. What's the SOP look like. And I would kind of like revamp some of their strategies and some of their scripts to say, this is what I would do. This is help me build. And then I kind of have this like metaphorically list of IOUs where it's like, Hey, I need help with certain copywriting about Google ads, about SEO, all these other things that I really wasn't proficient in. I was good at sales, but I really wasn't proficient in all these other things. So now I'm tapping into the network that I've developed. And not only am I getting the answer that I'm looking for, but I'm also building a deeper connection for this person. And they're more likely to refer me to pretty much whatever I want. So you're gaining more access. And I think, like I said, it's not just the people, but it's what you can do with those people that's even more important. Absolutely. Yeah. Building those long-term relationships where you could develop collaborations, like you said, help each other. Um, I've sent clients to some of my uh, guests. They've sent clients to me. Work. I'm working on a collaboration right now. And yeah, it's awesome. Or even just, just you know, developing friendships. Yeah. Absolutely. And and these are, these are lifers, you know, these are Mm -hmm. lifelong people who you may, and this is the craziest thing, like thinking about it now in real time is like, you may need never even meet these people in person, right? right? In today's day and age, but you have these lifelong connections where you're tied in with this, you know, really unique and robust form of communication as the podcasting. And it's like, there's not a community uh, like this. I I think we're a very tight niche and, um, to be in the community that we're in, it's just so rewarding. And um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And so it may overlap with that, but what has been one of the most personally rewarding aspects of podcasting? For me, there, there's been a lot. The, the single moment that I got the most joy out of a show was when, I think it was my one of my most recent ones that I released, but it was with a doctor at uh, the University of Pennsylvania, which is, I could literally, I, I can literally see their engineering building. I could take a rock and, and throw it outside of my window. It's that close. Um, but it was with a professor who we were talking about, um, and this was just like a unique episode because it was like very trendy about protein folding mm-hmm. and about like biohacking and all this kind of stuff. And I am the biggest nerd in all this stuff. Intermittent fasting, diet, sleep, human optimization. I have a red light therapy machine to my left here. So it's just all, all these things that I, I generally love to make you not only live longer, but feel better um, and really live the life that uh, you should. And while we were doing the episode, he really almost broke down. Um, and we kind of went through why he was feeling that way. And it was because no one, I, I don't want to say cared, but no one had reached out, I guess, to the extent with the excitement and passion and said, Hey, come on. Like, you know, my show, I, I think a lot of times when he was invited, there was always like, 
you know, a side thing that the, he was looking to do and in, in, uh, someone was looking to exploit this or exploit that. And, and you know, it, it, there was always somewhat of like a negative connotation where for me, I was just a young kid wanting to learn. And I think that struck a chord with him to really open up and feel that type of raw emotion. And, and it reflected in me because I felt the same exact way. You know, this man has been working for decades, not mm-hmm. even years. I'm sure you know, he's been working on this type of stuff longer than I've been alive, quite frankly. And having that power and knowledge should be respected, I think, by everybody. And, you know, especially by people who share that same passion, although I'm not going to spend decades doing this. Um, yeah. It was just a really uh, powerful thing. And, and personally, that that was, I would say, like, not like I have any accolades of podcasting, but like growing the podcast I love and all that other stuff, I think nothing compares to what I experienced and what he experienced that day on the show. I think mm-hmm. that that was um, one of my most proud moments and um, I'm sure one of his as well. That's awesome. I had a similar experience with a guest um, several months ago. It was also a professor and he he's written a number of books, but this one about brand love mm. and it mixes in marketing and biology and evolution. And I have degrees in biological anthropology and biology, and then also in communication and went to business school for a year and, you know, do marketing. And so it was like, oh my God, yes, I also was like nerding out and fangirling. And, and so I let that podcast go on and it was a tiny bit over an hour. And he was so thrilled that he just got to talk about things that he adores and that I didn't cut him off after, you know, 20, 30 minutes that we were just talking about this awesome topic. And yeah, I was just thrilled and so passionate and he was thrilled and passionate. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's nice to like a lot of caveats to that as well, where I think you know, you, you got to know the cadences of like stepping in, you know, but if you just yes. let someone go through, especially because like interrupting is like so prevalent. And I, that's probably, if you want to add in a, a fourth thing, people you know should be doing better with podcasting. That's another thing is like just interrupting and, yeah. and not having someone express their, their own viewpoint of this. And that's why I generally think um, I, short Firm and, and medium form uh, duration podcasts are good, but I think to understand the fullness of one's belief, you need to have some sort of like a longer form uh, like this, where you're able to, you know, go on these different tangents and express your viewpoints. Because if you're not doing that, not only are you making your guest feel, you know, unwelcome, um, and they're almost like a certain resentment there, but the viewers aren't getting the full idea of the expertise and the knowledge. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, this is the whole reason you invited this person on in the first place. Let them express their entire viewpoint. So yeah. your point, that's going to agree with that more. Yeah. And I was not great at interviews when I first started. So there were times that I let people go on too much. And so that did not happen in the case with him. You know, it was a conversation. But yes, like you said, I let him express himself fully. And that has been a popular episode, I think, because people could really hear our passion. So yeah, that really helps. So tell us about what you do at your company and what kind of clients you take on. So with Momentum, we're really dealing with 
And this is something where, you know, being, I would say, what is it, almost three years uh, into the business full time, we're still trying to get that like main niche down uh, more than anything. But primarily at its core, we do content marketing for businesses all over the nation. So we have, um, let's say, about 50 locations for pretty much every single state. And we do virtual tours and um, promo videos, photos for businesses and you know, that are you know, 2,000 square feet, your little mom and pop, shop, uh, pop shops, all the way up to uh, college, university, et cetera. That's 2 million square feet, really everything in between. And um, it's been rewarding. I mean, meeting all these, especially the small business owners, you know, Callie, that don't know what to do with, and they just spend all their money on Google ads and Facebook ads. And it's like a pay to play thing where I'm more on the, vision of doing SEO and web design first and content marketing where it's going to be, you know, snowball, a ripple effect as time goes on. It's only going to get you know, uh, better and better. Your brand is uh, going to follow that same suit. And then you can advertise. Um, I would definitely recommend that. But yeah, we're, um, we're about almost three years in and um, it's been definitely put a pleasure. I mean, this isn't even work, honestly, like growing the company. It's just it just seems fun to me. It's not something where I wake up every day. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's a burden. It's it's fun. I, I genuinely enjoy the challenge of growing uh, momentum. That's awesome. And so where can listeners find you? So all you have to do really simple is just go to uh, seanboyle.com. It's S-E-A-N-B-O-Y-L-E.com. You have my company on there. You have me on there. Get connected. Definitely fill out a form. Give me a buzz. Um, I'm changing this pretty soon, but I have my personal number on there. Um, so if you want to send me a text or get connected, have any questions, um, definitely stay in touch. Add me on Instagram as well, and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome. That is easy. Well, I'll put that link in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. This was just excellent. You shared some fabulous tips, and people can take action on these and get to work. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Kelly. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast Launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram. Follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the podcast Launchpad.